0: Welcome to Life in the Music Business, a masterclass with Professor Pooch and your host,
1: Bass Face. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Life in the Music Business with Professor Pooch. Uh, Just starting out, I want to just say thank you to everybody that's been liking, sharing, and subscribing to our YouTube and all other platforms. We appreciate it, and we would like to continue that support and just keep building as a community. So Pooch, um, start off tonight. How are you doing?
0: I'm fine and bless everybody, you know, that they follow. Yeah, because it comes out every Tuesday and Friday, but why have to think about it if you can get a Senate notice, you know, like subscribers from YouTube or wherever. I, I think they send, most of them send some kind of notice that something's up or whatever uh everything's fine uh just dealing one of those days dealing with the crazy uh emergencies well it's an emergency to the person who has the emergency sometimes but i'm a troubleshooter so when there's problems i gotta take care of the problems so um you know just handle them and stuff it's just you know people get sick of one of them that came up today, people get sick of people saying they're going to do something in a certain period of time, like produce a certain amount of songs. You know, you hire a producer and you got papers and everything, uh, you know, and the papers state clearly that, you know, so much has to be done each week. And the producer then tells the person, well, I didn't think we had to follow strict timelines. (laughs) I mean, then why the hell is it in a contract, you know? Oh my God. But meanwhile, this person's gone crazy of what to do. And, uh, you know, and yeah, I understand the problem because the music industry always seems to be what is known as hurry up and wait, and wait, and wait for things to happen. You know what I mean? So, uh, oh boy. But uh, otherwise, I mean, everything's fine with me. It's just crazy out there. The virus is going crazy again and everything like that. And uh,
1: yep. and it's, I mean, the weather's changing, everything's changing. So a lot of people are getting sick and that type of stuff. But I mean, it, the, like to bring it back to what you were saying, the whole timeline thing, I feel that that's, that's such, a, such a thing that happens all the time that is just like kind of swept under the rug that, a lot of people don't own up to, especially because i mean yeah, but if it's on a contract now the first contract that
0: that came up I wasn't around for, and then I had to work from that to do a new contract to 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 take care of certain issues and one of the things I always do is you know you don't want it to last twelve years; we're working on a time schedule when I do my three step program with people. And this person who was in, we have a time schedule. We want to release stuff by a certain date. And this was made clear in the contract. And the person like, oh, I didn't know it was strict timing and all this stuff. (laughs) I mean, holy, why else did I put it in a contract? Yeah. Oh, by the way, on a funny one, you'll find the word contract and agreement the words contract and agreement interchangeable. And they basically mean the same thing, but if you want to get really particular, it's that a a contract is an enforceable agreement. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So even though agreements are contracts, I mean, it gets really weird. I mean, you know, the, the whole law terminology and stuff. But, I mean, when I write something and two people sign it and money's exchanged and everything else like that, man, you you got paid and I do the work.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know? Uh, a lot of people. Nice
0: sum of money, too.
1: Mm. That's, that makes it even harder. I mean, that makes it a worse a situation because, I mean, the person got paid and that's the one thing I've noticed. Like, when I pay somebody full up front, like, I always have to make sure and, like, be following up to them make sure I get my product. Well, I
0: never do full of front it yeah. was like a certain amount of front and a certain amount when client accepts the work as done and mm-hmm. it's not that it's in the idea of producer it's the idea I you know eyes of and ears <laughs> of my clients you know it's up to them because the person said they make changes and stuff when necessary. I mean, it's all clear. The contract's clear. I write in English folks.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. And it makes it a lot easier to understand because I mean, when they use the big fancy legal terms that you literally need to go into a dictionary and go down the list and actually find. It makes well, it. That's my big thing.
0: I always joke about, it. I mean, with, with the stuff I teach and the way I write and stuff like that and, on a contract or whatever you shouldn't need a thesaurus a dictionary or be a mind reader <laughs> you know what i mean you you should it should be really clear to you what something says and if it's not clear there is a problem
1: mm.
0: and sometimes it's caused by too many commas in one of these large ass paragraphs that keep going comma comma and then you ain't got to figure out wait a minute which subject are they discussing? And which of the throwaway words before it comes back to the main part again? And oh, that's why a comma can be dangerous. Because I teach people: when you see a comma, pause, do a little pause, read contract slowly, and do a little pause at that comma. So you know, don't keep running on what it's saying. Take that little pause. And then make sure the subjects are matching up of what's being discussed when you throw these little asides
1: in. Oh wow! I mean, that's a very good to, to. I mean, that's an important thing to do. Read contracts slowly.
0: Well, yeah, and what I have to do, and I'm not. I'll be honest with you. It's one of my least favorite things to do is negotiating because it's finding when, when it's not my contract. When it's somebody else's contract, I got to see what's been left out of it. <laughs> and, you know, And obviously you can't right. see what's been left out of it. You have to know what's been left out of it. Now there's certain things that are left out of almost every contract, which makes life a little simpler. I look for, you know, but questions come up when I read something, a contract. And by the way, let me, let me stick something in here. A contract, as we just discussed with our situation here with this producer, a contract is a bunch of words. What counts is the people who are giving the contract. When somebody gives me a contract, and negotiate. And I don't know that person or that lawyer or whatever that I'm negotiating with. I'm gonna look them up, I'm gonna check them out. I mean, uh, you know, because it's the people, it's just a bunch of words. If one of the sides doesn't do their work and it doesn't matter, if it's the manager, the artist, the record company, you know, whomever and whomever, they both have to do their job or it's, it's a waste. But like I tell people, it's very important, you're dealing with a person, not a piece of paper. Look up that person, talk to that person, talk to people that that person has dealt with before. You know, check them out. God, with the internet today, you could check anybody out. I mean, it, there's, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, wham, I don't see them anywhere, you know, after they're bragging about knowing all these people and all mm-hmm. this kinds of stuff and things. But I, people should look me up. I mean, just put Professor Pooch in Google. You know, you should check me out. You're listening to what I have to say. You know, you want to make sure that I'm somewhat accurate. You got a professor, you know, put Professor Pooch in Google, there's plenty. And by the way, you you can always look up stuff on this show at Life in the Music Business with Professor Pooch, put the whole thing in there. But, uh, and then, you know, it gets more to the one subject matter, because there's pages on me. Otherwise, just go to ProfessorPooch.com. It's a large music business educational
1: site and have fun. Look around. There's a bunch of stuff. And that's actually interesting. It brings us to our next topic, like making a great impression and how important that is, <laughs> especially today. And, and I mean, it's a little different now because like, I feel like even the normal guidelines that we would normally give people don't even really apply nowadays because you have to wear a mask and be six feet away from everyone. So... Well,
0: that's why I like video as a second choice. I mean, I'm so happy they created videos and Zooms and all this stuff. We're on Zoom right now. And uh, I'm glad they created this stuff because I like to look a person in the face when I'm talking to them. You know, the eyes say as much (laughs) as the words. You know, you can watch them. You can see their body language. You can see, you know, everything about them. And uh, yeah, it is hard nowadays, you know, networking is like crazy. I mean, you, networking on a video, I mean, it's kind of hard instead of going up and talking to them. And, and yeah. network's an important,
1: important thing with anybody's career. Huge. I used to go to networking events just to meet people and hand out my business cards. That's really how I learned how to really do the guerrilla marketing behind all my music.
0: Yeah, and by the way, business cards, folks, everybody should have business cards. What's really strange to me is I have way too many business cards this year due to the fact that I haven't been with anybody to give them out. You know, I have all these business cards, you know, uh, you know, Professor Fruit cards and stuff, and well, everything I do, it's on it, but I, I'm not meeting anybody because I'm kind of sequestered, uh, quarantined, whatever the heck you wanna call it. I live in my office and rarely go out. It's a shame.
1: Yeah, it really is. But I mean, it's it's a different world out here nowadays. So there's a lot more that you need to do to be able to get to know somebody. And it's it's totally different interaction when you're go, talking to somebody face-to-face, but when you're online and you, you know what I mean? You friend request somebody or whatever. I mean, it's like a, it's a totally different approach. So you have to be very cautious.
0: Yeah, but it's also, you know, back again of, you know, be just as creative on the business end as you are on the artistic end and find creative ways to meet people, talk to people, get in touch with people, whatever you need to do. Just do it professionally. Be persistent, but be professional.
1: Yeah, it's important, as you always say, uh, making it is one-third luck, one-third talent, and one-third persistence.
0: Yep, and when you're persistent, you have a better chance of being in the right place at the right time, which is making your own luck.
1: So I feel it's important to also talk about today – how marketing plays a role in music and how it allows some artists to to just propel and other people to build a whole a whole super fan following and i feel like that's a good topic for us
0: yeah well boy it's a gigantic topic and we'll touch on what we can touch on within a lot of time period uh, but, I mean, the latest thing, I mean, it's been very successful, but it's expensive. Is what people like Billy Eilish just did. She did a live ticketed performance from a stage where they had lots of effects, and she was on the moon one minute, you know, and you couldn't tell. I mean, it, they're amazing at that stuff, but that's too expensive for most people. So let's go to what people, you know, nowadays can do. And there is live streaming. It's just, you got to stay persistent. It keeps coming back to that. But let's, to, let's look at marketing. First of all, what, who are you marketing? And we're in effect going into parts of my step three of the, step three of the, um, three-step program, which the first is a business step, second is registration, so every third step is a plan of action. Well, part of the problem, I have to be general, to really generalize right now, because normally what I do is I listen to the person's music, and that tells me a lot, because it's all about the person's image, mm. you know, it's all about the image, it, it's, the way, the way you look, the the way you come across to your audience, the way that your audience perceives you as a person, as a product, as a, yes, you're a product for people, I'm sorry, a person is a product in a way after the artist, okay, and they have other products underneath, you know, their children, their songs and stuff like that, but the whole public relations is very, very important. And of course, it's hard now because a lot of it's not in person. Excuse me. So you have to really put this persona across on a video screen, whether it's a Zoom or Microsoft Meetings or Facebook, video message or FaceTime, whatever you're using. It doesn't matter. You've got to put across this image of who you are. Part of it's going to be your room, what does it look like? Well, obvious from my room, you can see guitars on a thing back there, and you can actually see a guitar over there. Uh, yeah, I gotta remember, everything's backwards on video. And, uh, you, you know, you can see, now you could see, okay, this might be a music room. You see microphones, mm-hmm. several of them here. So, I mean, it's your backdrop. Right away, person sees, ah! You know, this is what it is, but this is what I do. Now, if you're uh, a country artist, you shouldn't be dressed in thrash clothing. You know what I mean? A lot of it should be obvious. The part of the problem is people don't know who they are. You know, I, I even did this. It was kind of strange to some people. People have known me for a while. This is years ago. I mean, when you see me, what do you see? Because there's my perception of me, but everybody else is gonna have a different perception. A perception is your brain working, you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody should know when they, obviously, and they don't think about this, but every time somebody is introduced to somebody brand new, all of a sudden they get this gut feeling. Now, they're not going to think about that. But they're, you, what's going to happen is they're going to feel strange or feel friendly. And part of it is how the other person is, how you are. That's why you should, people should get my book, God Didn't Create Alarm Clocks. It talks about these personalities and understanding yourself and understanding dealing with others on the creator front, let alone the business front.
1: Yeah, and I feel like another good tip for people too is like, like Pooch was kind of saying, but emphasizing this is don't make it hard for them to understand who you or like, what you do. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like there's so many, there's so many people like doing photo shoots of just them by the water and the, out in the wilderness and stuff like that, but they're a music producer or something. So it's like, make it, make it obvious with, with your, the visuals, what you do, and that will help you actually be able to get across to people better because if somebody's only spending, you know, the interaction rate is very low. So like if you have somebody spending like five seconds on your page that had just clicked on your link somehow or came to your page some way and uh, they only have five seconds, they're going to look through the first four or five pictures and if they don't like what they see, they're going to keep going.
0: Yeah, and you're very right. It's that instant. First of all, everybody is ADD. I mean, I know it's a disease, but everybody has some form of attention deficit disorder in other words no attention span so they're going to do just like you said they're going to go first picture second picture you know it's got to grab them whatever it is that picture i mean your logo on your page your it should be something that keeps getting identifiable that they see over and over and over again On all my stuff, you'll see the same colors on everything I do. You know, for all my Professor Pooch stuff and logos and all that kinds of stuff, and banners and everything, it's all red, black, and like silver or white, depending on if it's showing clearly enough. But there should be identifiable things. And it always reminds me of also something that I identified right away with, with the Rolling Stones, then that large tongue. Mm-hmm. Right away, you knew it was the rolling studs, this large tongue sticking out, you know? Uh, but it, it was then, it worked, it grabbed the attention. You have very little time to grab somebody's attention, which also brings up <laughs> the term is two different ways to state what this term is, but it There's some people will call it an elevator speech and some people in the film industry, it's called high concept. Now what high concept is when you're selling a show to a network, for example, or to an agent, whatever, you need to say everything that it's about in two sentences. One, two, three sentences max, it should be short to the point. Oh, it drives me crazy nowadays when people send me paragraph to paragraph before they get to the point of what they want to talk to me about. And by that point, I'm totally lost with I'm way ADHD to the max. Mm. You, you've got to get to the point. So an elevator speech, and I'm, I'm guilty of writing too many words instead of not enough words, but I have to take these paragraphs and bring it down to an elevator speech of what's important to me at that point in time. I, you, an elevator speech is like you were stuck in an elevator and you, had, you could introduce yourself or your client or whomever you're pushing or whatever you're pushing in just a few sentences. Yes, had some more back in your head, but if they want to know more, fine. But meanwhile, you've gotten across what you're trying to get across. And God, that's so important, so important. And, and it was hard with me because I do way too many <laughs> things. But, uh, you know, I had to narrow it down into, you know, it's like writing lyrics. It's all got to fit on one page, like kind of thing for songs. I, you know, and I've been known to take uh, three pages of legal pad to just get two sentences, just to say exactly what I wanted to say, but it's got to come back to that one page. And yeah, you've got to get right to the point quickly, like you said, the way you look, and also what you're saying to the person, you know, I mean, you don't just start say, jump in and say, hi, I'm a producer that, you know, say, hi, how are you? You know, be friendly, you know,
1: yeah, exactly. But I mean, the whole goal with that is to memorize your elevator pitch to the point where you can just recite it and you can just pick the pieces that are most important for that moment, because some things that you do may be highlighted better with somebody else that is doing that. Right. Then, you know what I mean? So you have to kind of adapt with it when it comes to that, but even oh, when- Oh yeah,
0: you adapt on the fly. Use your, trust your gut. Yeah. Your gut's amazing at knowing things. You know, it's just, they kid about trust your gut. Well, actually, scientifically, you got three brains in your body. You got your brains in your head. You have your brains in your heart. And you have your brains down in your lower dentian. I'm not going to pronounce it right. Because it's it's pronounced different ways. D-E-N-T-I-A-N. But it's your gut. And your gut has a brain of its own, just like your heart does. The heart knows a couple seconds, they've measured it up to six seconds. Before your brain, it becomes part of your brain, your your heart tells you to watch out for something. You know, before even the brain thinks but you do have different parts okay enough for the science physics lecture here right now i get into that stuff
1: because yeah, that's I'm, incredible i mean that's an important thing to know because i mean that brings me into the music i mean everything like you were like kind of like how you were just saying a few minutes ago it's got to be short sweet to the point so i mean it, like you have to i feel like the the number one thing that's missing from music nowadays is like in my in my humble opinion is the 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 substance and like what is being talked about everybody's so afraid of trying to talk about how they felt depressed today or how they felt about someone that left them or you know what I mean they stubbed their toe and it really like bothered them and they needed some way to get it out i mean it's important it's important to speak what you feel and to write that into the music and that's why i feel like that's what's coming back around like how history repeats itself this is the next thing that's going to be coming oh around. yeah
0: music runs in 20 years cycles as smart producers listen to what happened 20 years ago and pick certain things out of it because if especially if they're dealing with the majors because those people that's when they grew up so they'll recognize things it gets into all kinds of stuff like that but you said something very important. Yes, you need to get to the substance. And nowadays, because of the ADD and stuff, you know, which just technology, just keeps us going boom, boom, you know, cell phone, this, bah, bah, text, beam, beam, you know, everything's a mile a minute. You've got to get to the substance fast or you lose, just like having that elevator speech ready, you, you lose the person if you don't hit them right away. The, the top sellers on uh, Spotify and all of that and they measured it down to the, the, the you're out of the introduction in seven seconds max. And a lot of songs nowadays start with the hook. They start with the chorus. So better be a strong ass chorus. That, yeah. you know,
1: no, that's important. I mean, that's, that's how the pop music is. And that's the thing. The pop music, the reason you can make so much money with pop music, let alone just like from the charting and stuff like that and just, like the listenability any you could be listening to it anytime, any part of the day, blah, blah, blah. The main part is that people can cover it. You know what I mean? So a lot of people like pop music gets like a bad rap, but at the end of the day, it's you, you can make a lot of money off of one song. If you were to play your cards right and position your ducks in line correctly, then. Well,
0: yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. And we talked about it, I think in the publishing because that's where the publishing comes in handy because you know, If you do a version of a song, you get paid as the artist and writer. But if somebody else does versions of your song, you still get paid as the writer and publisher. Hopefully you have some of the publishing, if not all. And yeah, that's very important to have, And the songs that are usually coverable are like pop, R&B, country, dance, stuff that a lot of different people can do. And I'll tell you a weird key of knowing how a song is great. A great song can be arranged into any style. I was just talking about it with a friend of mine. We were talking about songs that were hits at the same time in both country music and pop charts. At the same time, the same song. Uh, In the 90s, I swear by the look in your eyes. That was a country version. And All For One, I think was the group's name. It was an R&B group. They both were hits in two different genres. A great song is a great song. Now, Uh, you don't have to worry about covers and stuff if you're doing thrash metal or uh, <laughs> or rap. I mean, it should be done once, you know, that's all.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it depends on the artist and that type of stuff. Nowadays, they're kind of, like I said, everything's coming back around again. So um, just for people that don't know, I mean, typically the music that is coming out right now has already been planned and it was already finished six months ago. So if you're trying to achieve a sound, whatever is out at this very moment, you were automatically six months behind.
0: <laughs> you're, you're so right. And the thing is, I mean, also... I learned that,
1: I'll tell everyone, I learned that one the hard way, okay? That, it, it's, it, it's, it works different out in New York. That's another thing I could say.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is also, it depends if you're an independent artist or a major artist. The major artist, yeah, they plan six months ahead of time. It's, oh, it's funny when people say, hey, Pooch, I got a Christmas song. And I say, you're way too late but this is only October. You no, know, you had to have it finished in July or August with the majors, the major artists and stuff. Cause they got to plan the whole thing. Yeah,
1: I, I saw some of my favorite artists. One of them being uh, she's a pop singer, Ava Max. She just released a, a Christmas song like a couple weeks ago, just out of the blue after she dropped her album uh, two weeks before that. So it's,
0: yeah, it's not that they released it so early, but you have to have it done and ready to go. Uh, I mean, it's with a lot of things. and But the old saying was, they always say, you know, listen to the radio, what's out there, and copy them. Well, that's ridiculous, because just like you said, it's changing daily. Look at TikTok. It'll change something in a half an hour,
1: you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the right thing. I mean, it's all about the visuals and the whole content itself. Like, that, the TikTok is like, it's like a it's like a cool mixture of like creativity like substance and like a few other things that kind of just like if you got something that's catchy and it gets it gets to somebody quick or is super funny like boom it'll go it'll, it'll go right to the moon
0: uh, a, gr- a great one is it's been in the news a lot lately is they did a this guy was traveling with Cran- yeah, raspberry. Cr- yeah the
1: cranberry guy it uh I think song it-
0: dreams and it brought Fleetwood Mac, the songs from 1978 or something like that. Uh, it brought them back into the top 100 sales. Crazy. And the streams are off the kilter. And even a couple of the band members did their own versions. Uh, one was on roller skates. <laughs> I mean, you know, that this guy out of nowhere, maybe he's got 60 million streams or something.
1: Yeah, his right. name's Dogface.
0: Yeah, right, right. Doug, well, I understand dog
1: <laughs>
0: Being a pooch myself, I mean. Yeah, but yeah, whatever, I mean, it became, you never know what's going to happen. How are you going to copy something like, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you can't copy what's out there now because it's going to change. Now, indie, when you do indie, you can re- get an idea, record it, and put it right out. Because you own it, you can do what you want. But if you're the major, you wait and wait for it to come out, and then they might decide, "Oh, we're gonna hold it off." I mean,
1: I mean, do you feel like that's like? Would that be a bad move if you made a song and released it like the same day, like hypothetically?
0: It's happened a lot when there's been major events, and of course, I can't think of any right this second. But I know there's been like something crazy happened and then they right away wrote something, recorded something that night and put it out the next day. It's been done. With indie, you can do that. That's what I push for people. Own your own songs, own your own recordings. You don't have to get permission from anybody. Put this stuff out. Because usually a record company needs permission for the publisher license. But God, if you're the same person, you know, just say, I accept. Yeah, my own offer of this song. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I said to myself, "self," uh, you know, kinds of stuff. You know, what I mean, it's just, man, I love control of the situation. I yeah. mean, I wish I would have been, you know, the teenage rock thing. Now, instead of back in the late 60s and 70s, when I was, you know, in yeah. the majors and stuff, game. I had no choice. Yeah, I was under their control because that was the only way to get stuff out. There was no indie anything back then. So people are lucky nowadays. You know, they look for the bad things and there's good things that happen because of things, too. I mean, this virus is horrible, but the pollution is down. I mean, you know, everything has, you just got to look for the good things. It's your attitude. It's one thing in life you have total control over, and that's your attitude to anything. You can look at the good or the bad and say, well, some of this stuff is all bad, you know. Well, find a way to make it good or do something positive to help somebody else. Do whatever, but
1: don't focus on the problem. You ain't getting nowhere. Yeah, you can really dwell in that, and gun just spiral out. But at the end of the day, oh, yeah, I mean, we all, they we, they all we all, we all move in cycles. So I mean, you just got to go with the flow. Yeah,
0: sometimes you do have to go with the flow, but you can adjust the flow to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, you use your imagination. You got creativity. You're in the music industry. You be you're listening to this show. You got creativity. So you know, just, just flow it a little differently. I mean, I have this this saying up on my wall, which of course you can't see, it's behind the camera, but it says, I am simply having fun with everything and everyone. And I try to make everything into fun. There's no law against it, you know, so I just, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing, whoever I'm dealing with, just like we're doing this show, I'm having fun, you know but i 'm also happy to be able to help people, which is makes me feel really good
1: yeah well here's a cool here 's a good question that I have for you right um, so saying you 're like an artist or producer or whatever, and you have a whole back catalog of music is it Is it better to to be creating newer stuff that you 're in the vibe now, where the stuff you had two years ago was kind of different or instrumental or anything across those lines is like is it, is it bad to have a, a paper trail of music? Because, I mean, I know so from one per, uh, one perspective, it could be that somebody looks at an artist and says, oh, this person's been releasing music since 2012. They haven't made it yet, blah, blah, blah.
0: I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of people that took 10 years to make it, okay? But you, you bring out a good point, but you said something very important I want to zero in on in a second, for a second. And that is... Well, you're in the vibe. If you're in the vibe, write. You know, if you feel the vibe of writing, write. The vibe's not there every day, and not there all the time. If you're in the vibe, take you know, control of the vibe and have fun with it, create whatever you're creating. Yeah, I mean, the, my thing is, it never hurts to keep writing, because first of all, I mean, songs are timeless. It's the arrangements, productions, and the sounds. The change. I mean, I've had songs taken uh, from me for use in different people and things, I won't get into it, but that were 30 years old. The good the songs don't change the melody and words, it's the arrangement and production. It might be sped up, you know, dances in, it'll be made into a dance song, you know, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong and catalogs are really important and can make you a. Ton of money right now, actually, if you have any hits at all and have a large catalog, boy, there's people all over looking for people. They're buying up these, you know, publishing rights and things. What
1: would would be a good size catalog? It's
0: a good size catalog. There's no number. The, The point is, if you want to get good money for the publishing company, you need at least two or three, quote unquote hits really good songs and uh now i'm more the person i'm more into writing quality than quantity some people they write a song every day and i don't say, i'm not saying anything's wrong with that it's that's them that's this is me but i mean there's been catalogs sold for i'm sure a couple hundred songs to a couple million songs you know but they're buying them up
1: yeah they are they can use them no, they don't have to pay the royalties because they bought it.
0: Well, the yeah, the budget. advantage is they collect the royalties because they own it at that point. Yeah, that's where they make their money back. But it's been very big because they're they're seeing with all the streaming and stuff. I mean, it's just like this song "Dreams" from Fleetwood Mac. Here's a song from the '70s, or I'm pretty sure it was the '70s and uh all of a sudden it's a hit again uh you know they bring the old they're finding that over 50 percent of what people listen to is from way in the past not just everything that's out today
1: yeah that's the majority of stuff i listen to too but i mean there's a lot of different parts of uh i guess the I don't know music history that that really intrigued me. I mean, there's you know, I mean, there's certain songs that really stand out. Those are those are incredible. But then when you dig into the person to the artist catalog, that's always my favorite.
0: Yeah, and uh, what's really weird is that I didn't admire some people till they were dead. They died, and all of a sudden it made me curious. And wow, these are good songs. You know, it happened to me with Tom Petty. I mean, I knew he had a couple of hit songs that I liked and stuff. But I looked through his catalog, he had a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize it until he was gone because my mind was just on other people and things. And I'll be honest, most of my mind, my mind's mostly on my clients and their music and my people, their music, you know, associates, clients, et cetera. Because that's, that's my focus at this point, and my own music and your music and stuff. And by the way, I got to state this, because it's been driving me crazy. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. Damn, I can't introduction to the podcast and the end of the podcast with with uh, Bass Face's music on it. And for some reason, I can't get it out of my head. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. It's it's catchy as all hell. <laughs> and then you should be using it for all different kinds of things. I just realized, because my video person picked it out of the songs that uh, Baseface had, the uh, tracks. And man, that's catchy as all hell. But it, sometimes I need to get out of my head so I can get something done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I can hear it, you know, continuously going through my head. By the way, that is like so super duper important. If you want to know if a song's good after you do it, play for people and see if it stays with them. It stays in their head. They can't get it out of their head. I can always tell if my client songs. And sometimes it doesn't hit till two or three days later. It's funny the way my mind works with music. It's, I'll hear something and then, and I find myself humming So Wait a minute, I'm humming her song you know, like one of my clients. So it was just, it's strange, but you want songs to keep lasting. Uh, I used to do this thing with my class when I taught at the audience Institute of Philadelphia. When I taught music publishing, I would have people bring in different recordings. Back in those days, it was CDs and cassettes. <laughs> it was back in the nineties and stuff. And uh, this was when hip hop was first, you know, rap was first coming out and stuff like that. And uh, whatever, and then, you know, I'd have, I each would bring in, they all music people, they each bring in one song a week, and we would listen to it and talk about it. And the thing that got me is one of the things I always asked, you know, after I play the song, you play it, and I asked them, okay, what was the title? They should be able to tell me what the title is. First of all, when's the last time anybody listening to radio or any broadcast where they announce that some DJ or somebody announces who it was that did the song and what the name of the song is? And the record companies, won't you be able to walk into a store or walk into Spotify, wherever, and uh, walk into Spotify sounds kind of fun. But uh, you, know, you know what you're looking for to request it. Uh, it should, you know, and also really important, you know, can you remember any of the song after we would play it on the cassette machine, you know, or a CD, wherever it was. And can you remember any of it? It should be stuck in your brain. That's how you know a great song. And it happens in every style of music. It's not about one style. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, R&B stuff that, you know, that stayed with me, some really great rap things, but they had the hooks or something that grabbed me. My name's Shady. Please stand up. Please. You know what I'm saying? It, it just stayed with you. That hook is important. Something that you can't get out of your brain. You might hate the song, but you got to admit it's well written. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Pooch, I think that's uh, about the end of the time for us today. And um, already, wow, yeah. So it's about yeah. We started at twelve. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Anyway. I'll take your word for it, boy. This flew. Yeah, uh, it happens. Well, and we're
0: on, folks. We're on every Tuesday and Friday. Please stay, you know, tuned. And we, t- as you see, we talk about everything and anything and everything. And we're all over the place with it, but you need to see the whole picture, you know, even if it's, you know, you say, well, I'm not into publishing. I'm a manager. Well, you better be into publishing. If you're a manager, you want to get those, the artists or whomever's got the publishing there. You want those royalties to make them too. Everything affects everything else and everybody affects everybody else in the business. So, I guess I'm supposed to say tune in for the next episode. (laughs) Bye bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Tune in for the next episode.